Father, we are thankful for that grace that brings us into your fold, into your family, that when we were wandering, you came and found us and brought us back. Lord, we are forever grateful for that and that your love doesn't stop there, but that having brought us back and into your family, you uh, love to care for us and watch out for us and protect us. And so, Father, we ask this morning that um, any doubts we may have about that would be quelled by your word this morning, that we might be assured of your faithful love toward us. And we ask for this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. You can picture the kid bursting in through the front door, right? They, they were outside, they come in, they've, they've been feeling hungry, and so they were outside playing, and then they come in through the front door, and they're, hey, mom, can I have a snack? Mom? Mom? Mom, can I have a snack? And then look around. I don't, don't see mom. And so you go back in, into the kitchen. Mom? Mom? And the door is closed. Maybe it's, maybe it's the bathroom door, maybe it's the bedroom door, but they know, ah, mom's in there. Mom, knock, knock, knock. Mom, can I have a snack? It's, it's a picture that we are all familiar with, right? A, a kid wants something, needs something, knows where the source of that thing is going to come from and whose permission they need to have it, and so they just go looking. This is who I'm looking for. I want the snack right now, and so they go and they find Mom, mom, can I have that snack? This is the picture that Jesus gives us this morning. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's explaining to them what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is the still the Sermon on the Mount. If you've been with us for a little while now, you've known that we have been preaching through the book of Matthew and since the fall have been uh, preaching through chapters 5 through 7, which is the Sermon on the Mount. And that's Jesus sitting on a mountain, talking with his disciples and explaining to them, this is what my kingdom is like. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And here's what he says now. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. He's talking with them, and he says, look, this is, this is what you need to know. Ask. Ask. And it's that same kind of a picture that we have with the kid, right? They, they just ask, hey, can I have a snack? And then they look up, and, oh, there's nobody here. I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't get a response right away. Maybe they asked twice, and they didn't get a response right away. So they went looking for the parent. Hello, Parent. Mother and father of me, the ones with the snacks, I'm looking for something. And so they go and they look. And then finding, they, they knock. Oh, there's something between us here. That there's something between us, between me and the snack giver. And so they knock. 
hey, can I have a snack? And this is the same kind of picture. I mean, Jesus, Jesus doesn't use the snack exactly in this picture, but you could, could think of something like that. I, I have some sort of felt need. I have, have some reason that I need or want something. And so what does he say? That the thing that you should do when you have that need or want, the person you should look for is God. Ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. These are instructions, commands, actually, that Jesus gives to his followers. We, we might uh, be hesitant for one reason or another to ask God for things. Maybe we think that we shouldn't trouble him. He's, he's probably very busy, Maybe, maybe he's uh, in his bedroom with the door closed, and so we shouldn't disturb him right now. Maybe he's, he's doing something else. Maybe, maybe it just it doesn't seem like it should be that big of a deal. I, I would like this thing, or I, I, I feel like this is important to me, but it's probably not actually that big of a deal, so I probably shouldn't bother God with it. Maybe I'm, I'm looking someplace else. Maybe I think that the source of uh, the thing that, that I want, maybe the, the, that I think, I, I really, I should do this myself. I really should earn this one, right? Other things I could ask God for, maybe things that I already deserve or things that there's no way I could possibly do it, but this is a, a small thing that I could actually do myself. I could provide this for myself, and so I should probably do that and not bother God with this. And sometimes we just literally look somewhere else and go, I think that would make me happy, and so we go and we look for that thing instead. But Jesus says, look, ask, ask. Should we ask? I mean, there's different types of prayer, right? There's like praise, that's a good kind of prayer. There's thanking God, that's a good kind of prayer. Asking, though, asking, that seems like sort of selfish, and maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe that's a less spiritual kind of prayer, that I shouldn't do that kind of, of thing. Maybe I, I should just stick to the praising and thanking God for the blessings He's already given me. And if I feel like it isn't sufficient or I need something else, I should really just count my blessings and not ask for more. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, ask. He, he tells us, ask, ask. Ask because it's going to be given to you. Ask. Seek because he who seeks will find. Knock because the door will be open to you. Ask. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open to them. We should pray. Now, some of you are already thinking, as I have been thinking, but what if he doesn't answer? What if he doesn't answer? 
What if I were to ask and God didn't answer? Because this says, to everyone who asks, they will receive, and to everyone who seeks, they will find, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened to them. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? What if I ask for something and then he doesn't give it to me? You know, there are times when I don't give something to my kids. They ask me, and for one reason or another, I don't give it to them. But the nature of the relationship between me and my kids, between a parent and their child, is that they do the asking and I do the giving. Right? The child asks, the parent gives. That's the way that the relationship works. And the expectation is that within reason, when the ask is reasonable, the gift will be given. And the desire of the parent is to give to the child. They want to give. They want to. They love the child, and they want to do good things for their child. And if their child wants something, they want to give it to them. As parents, unfortunately, sometimes we feel like we have this responsibility that at times we need to not give our kids things that they want because we think that in the long run it's going to be better for them. Grandparents don't have this issue. Grandparents don't, ha I have noticed this, grandparents don't have this issue. Grandparents go, oh, you wanted that? Here you go. I got you too. <laughs> Can I have a snack? Yes, I was thinking ice cream sounds lovely. In my house, ice cream is not the snack of choice, but at grandparents' house, ice cream is the snack of choice. Unrestrained, why? Because they can. Because they can. Because grandparents can. Did the parents want to do that? Yes. Sometimes the parents are going, oh, I wish that ever I could be the fun one like the grandparents are, but I have to be the responsible one. But what's the desire? The desire on the parents' part is the same as on the grandparents' part. I would love to just be fun. I would love to just give good gifts to my kids, things that they would enjoy, things that make them excited and that they delight in. Because when the kid gets the thing and then they get excited and they're happy, it makes me thrilled too. That's the nature of the relationship. And Jesus is saying, look, this is the same relationship that you have with God. It's the kind of relationship where God loves to give good gifts to his kids. He loves to give good gifts to his kids. Does that mean he's going to answer exactly the way that we were hoping every single time? No. But the nature of the relationship is that we, have, we should ask. You should ask. Expectantly. I, I think sometimes we ask in an um, unexpectantly kind of way. That is to say, well, God, I know you probably won't do this, but it would be nice if you would. Well, God, with all the caveats in the world, you don't have to if you don't feel like it. If it's not your will, then please don't. And like all these different caveats, so that uh, we give God every out 
And so that we give ourselves emotionally an out to say that if he doesn't answer, then that's going to be fine with us. But Jesus sets up a different kind of an expectation. He says, ask, seek, knock. And it will be given. We should go boldly asking, God, would you do this? Knowing that whether or not he gives it, the desire is to do good for us. The desire, if he doesn't give it, there's something different in mind. But we should go boldly. One of the things that I'm hoping is that as we look at this passage together, we will have that kind of an expectation we'll have that kind of an expectation that when we feel the need or when we feel the desire, our first response is, ooh, I should ask God about that. I should ask God about that. When the child is hungry, their first thought isn't, you know, I should fry up an egg. I'm feeling hungry, I should fry up an egg. Their first thought is, I should ask mom. Not, I should go ask the neighbor. Well, maybe the neighbor's super generous, but then they'd go over there too. But in general, right? In general, they know this is who I should ask. This is who I should ask. And the first thought is I should ask. I I would love for our first response to be that. I feel it. I feel a desire. I feel a need. I should ask God about that. Hey, God, I was just thinking I was just thinking, wouldn't it be nice? God, I would love this. Or God, I'm, I'm feeling a need right now. I'm, I'm really feeling like I don't have enough right now, and so God, I, I need more, God. I need more. I would love for our first response when we have that feeling that we need or want something that I'm going to ask God about that instead of having it be our last resort. Because if you're anything like me, instead of having it be my first thought, ooh, I should ask God about that one, my, my first thought is, ooh, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder where I could get one of those from. I wonder how I could make that work. And then my last resort, when I really have exhausted all the other options and I'm desperately in need and going, oh God, I can't make this work. I've tried everything, God. Can you help me? Because I have tried everything and I just, I haven't been able to do it. And so I really, really need your help on this one. I'm, I may be the only person in this room that feels that way. But, but that's my tendency. Now, I'm, I'm going to try every option available to me, and I'll, I'll see a kid, right? They'll be struggling with something, and I'll go, just, would you like some help with that? No, I've got it. Would you like a hint? A helpful tip, perhaps. No, I've got it. I, I can do it myself. I am a stubborn, I can do it myself kind of a kid. One of God's kids, yes, 
but a stubborn, I can do it myself kind of a kid. I can, uh, nope, I've got it, God. I've got it, God. Okay, I can't do it. Can you do it, God? Ask. Ask. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open to them. God loves you very, very much. And he's just wanting for you to ask. He's just standing there going, are you going to give up and ask me yet? Are you going to give up and ask me yet? How come you didn't ask for help from the beginning? This could have been a lot easier if you just asked for help from the, I could have done this a long time ago. Really? You, you wanted that? I would be happy to give you one of those. Just ask. Just ask. Really, if we think about it, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? If we were to go and ask God for something, what's the worst thing that could happen? Would he get really mad? I bet he'd get really, like, he'd be really frustrated. You're asking for that? You're asking for that? Let me show you the wrath that is my response to that stupid request. Which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Jesus says, what's the worst thing that could happen? If you went and you asked God for something good, you asked him for bread, or you asked him for fish, you asked him to provide for your basic needs, you asked him to provide for food for you, what do you think is the worst that's going to happen? He's going to give you a rock? Because that's how much God loves you? There's a, there's a Charlie Brown uh, Halloween episode where the kids go out trick-or-treating, right? And they all go trick-or-treating and they all are dressed up in their different things and Charlie Brown is in his ghost Thing, I guess, with like so many eyes cut out because he couldn't figure out how to get it right. And he's there with his paper bag just like everybody else. And they go up to the house and they say, trick or treat. And they dump the candy and things into the bags. And then they all meet in the middle of the road and they look in their bags and, oh, I got five pieces of candy. And another kid goes, oh, I got a chocolate bar. And Charlie Brown looks in and goes, I got a rock. And they go to the next house and they knock on the door, trick or treat, and they dump all the stuff in there, and they come back out, and they, they, they stand in the middle of the road, and they look at, oh, I got some bubble gum, and oh, I got some baseball cards, and I got a rock. <laughs> Three houses in a row. And it's so funny because it's ridiculous, right? Who gives out rocks on Halloween? No one gives out rocks. Can you imagine I, I'm so tempted to do that next year. <laughs> Just have the kids come up and be like, that was the house where we got rocks. <laughs> but nobody hands out rocks. And everybody else gets candy and Charlie Brown gets a rock at house after house after house. And nobody does that. It's ridiculous. That's why it's funny. Which of you, who, if his son asks him for bread, is going to give you a stone? Is going to give him a stone? Nobody. Nobody does that. 
So why would we think that God would give us something less than what we, what, what, the good thing that we asked him for? He wouldn't do that. If we go and ask God for something good, he's not going to say, here's a rock. Here's a rock. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Oh, you wanted a, you wanted a fish. You were hungry. Did you, how about a snake? How about a snake bite? Would you like a snake, snake, snake bite instead? No. If then, he says, verse 11, if then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, there are times when I, as a parent, am an evil parent, I think. <laughs> Let me define it before you just laugh at me. <laughs> here's, here's why I would say that. Because there are times when my kids ask me for something and I get mad. They ask me for something, and I'm working on something, and they come in and interrupt me while I'm doing something else, and they ask for something, and I get mad. My response is not good. Why? Because I'm an evil and selfish dad. That's why. If I was not in the middle of something, then would I have any issue with them coming and asking me? No, but I was busy and I didn't want to be asked. Sometimes I get upset because I feel like they have asked and asked and asked, and even though I don't mind giving it, there's, it's just one more thing, and I'm trying to be a good parent, and I just can't do all the things, so please stop making me feel guilty for not being able to do everything. There are some times that they ask, and I get mad because I really wish I could do that for them, and I can't, and so I get upset. God does not have any of those issues. And at any of those, I still wouldn't give them a snake. And I still wouldn't throw rocks at them. Because even though at times I am an evil parent, I still am not that awful. And so, therefore, if even I would not respond in that way, why would I have an expectation that my heavenly Father would respond in a negative way toward me? My heavenly Father, who is never too busy for me, my heavenly Father, who has no limitations on his ability to give good gifts, no lack of resources in any way, my heavenly Father, who is exceedingly patient, my Heavenly Father who loves me so much, why would I think that there could be any negative repercussions? Why would there be anything keeping me from going to God and saying, God, I have a need, I have a desire? Ask, ask, ask. Seek and find Him. Knock on His door and ask. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Sometimes I think that we don't ask because we think that it would be faithless. God already knows the things that I need. God is already taking care of me, and so if I were to ask, that's just like not demonstrating enough faith in God or something. But I think it misunderstands the relationship. He wants you to ask. He's a heavenly Father who wants you to ask. So do. Just go to Him and ask. He's not going to punish you He's not going to be upset with you. He's not going to give you something evil because you asked for something good. He wants to. He is kind and generous and capable. And I know that to be true because of Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8 verse 31, it says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, and more than that, was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Do you know how much God loves you? God loves you so much that he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sin. While you were not a good kid, right? While you were not a faithful and obedient child, God gave his faithful and obedient son to die on the cross for you. Take all of your punishment so that he could give you all of the good gifts. If he loves you so much that he would do that, he wouldn't withhold anything from you. So we should confidently go and ask him. Maybe you're still nervous. Maybe you're still going, wait, I just, I, I want to believe you. I want to believe that God wants me to come and ask, but I'm just, ner- I don't know if I'm going to ask right. I don't know how to ask. I, I'm not really good at praying. I, I'm just nervous about asking God. Do you know, do you know that your brother Jesus is sitting, interceding for you with the Father? Sometimes uh, the kids will want something and they'll go, um, we should ask dad. Yeah. Do you want me to go with you? Do you want me to go with you? Yeah. Why? Because somehow there's strength in numbers, right? There's strength in numbers. If, if we go together, if we go together, if my older sibling goes with me, if my younger sibling goes with me, if we go together, I just have more confidence in being able to ask. You be the spokesperson. Okay, and I'll go with you. Okay. Jesus is saying, I'm interceding already on your behalf. I'm going with you. Did you have something? Did you have something you wanted to ask your heavenly father for? Jesus is already going with you. He's already interceding on your behalf. He's asking you. Do you need more? Do you need more confidence than that? You have a Holy Spirit. Just a few verses earlier, in verse 26, it said, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we ought. 
but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We have Jesus interceding in heaven on our behalf, and we have the Holy Spirit in us. Are you afraid that you're going to pray wrong? You're going to say the wrong words? You have the Holy Spirit inside you, interceding on your behalf, fixing all the words as they come out. This is what I want. Okay, here's how we're going to ask for that. You have the Holy Spirit inside you, helping you to ask. Let's ask, ask, ask. You need more help than that? You have a life group that would be happy. They'd be delighted to pray with you. You have elders. You can fill out the connection card online uh, or, or in person, but you can fill it out online anytime and submit that, and the elders are happy to pray for you. Happy to. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. We want to be able to do that well and know what are the things that you actually want. What are the things that you actually need? We're happy to pray for you even without that knowledge, but with that knowledge, it helps us so much. We're happy to pray with you. Sometimes when you don't feel like you have the words to pray or you don't, you don't know what to say, you can bring somebody along. Can you pray with me? Even just this week, I have had things that were happening in my life that I was like, I need somebody to pray for me. And I just reached out. I sent a text to like five different people. As I, I need you to pray for me. Here's what I'm struggling with. Please pray. I didn't have any one of them throw a rock at me. None of them got mad. They encouraged me. They supported me. They were happy to pray with me. They were happy to go and ask God on my behalf. It helps me. It helps me to have somebody go with me. Verse 12 says this, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also for them, for this is the law and the prophets. Isn't it weird that the golden rule fits right here? Usually I hear the golden rule apart from its context here. I just hear this verse all by itself. In fact, I was talking with Rick about these passages, and he said, why, is this, why are we planning to preach this uh, verse with verses 13 and 14 and not with 7 through 11? And I said, I don't know. It doesn't really seem to fit with either one. It just seems to be this standalone verse. Whatever you wish for that others would do to you, do also for them, for this is the law and the prophets. And let me, let me tell you, this is how I have read that verse. We should treat other people the way we want to be treated. The whole Bible says so. The whole Bible says so. You should treat other people well because the whole Bible says so. And then as I was studying it here and reading it in this context, I went, it says so right there at the beginning of verse 12. So, because of this, whatever you wish that others would do for you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. 
because of this. You know, if I memorize this verse and I just memorize it as, because of this, whatever you wish to, because of what? Why have I removed this verse from its context? What came right before that? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? The whole Bible tells us about our relationship with God and His desire to do good for us. When I put the golden rule in that context... Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also for them, for this is the law and the prophets. This is the whole Bible. This is who God is. This is who God is. Why do we treat other people the way that we would like to be treated? Because that is how God has already treated us. When we were poor, trapped in our sin, rebellious against Him, so spiritually needy, He said, you know what? Let me take care of you. Let me take care of you. The other thing that I notice about this context is this is directly in the context of prayer. Ask. Ask. And I think that we should have all kinds of confidence knowing that our Heavenly Father loves us, that we should be able to go to Him at any moment when we feel a need or a desire, we should go to God and say, God, I would love this. Or God, could you please take care of this? But then also, whatever we wish that others would do for us, we should also do for them. And so one of the things that we should definitely have on our ask list is other people. We should be praying for other people. We should be interceding for them. We should be asking on their behalf, just as Jesus is, just as the Holy Spirit is. We should be praying for them. There are times when we know exactly what other people need. We're in relationship with them. We've seen it. We know it. They need it. We're praying for it. There are other times when you don't know what they need. So you can ask. You can ask them. Tell them, I love you. I would love to pray for you. And I'd love to be able to pray for you well. How can I pray for you today? How can I pray for you this week? How can I pray for you? And then you'll have something to go to ask God about. You'll have something to ask Him for. Hey God, I, I know you already know, and they're probably praying for it too, but God, I just want to come alongside them. I want to go with them to ask you for this. You can ask them, and you can pray with them right there, and then you can pray with, with and for them on your own later and see what God does. Maybe he'll give it. Maybe they'll find it. Maybe the door will be open to them. 
but we want to ask. One of the things that I have been thinking about a bit uh, the last couple of weeks is the 10th anniversary of New Life Church Wilsonville. On the, the first Sunday of 2012, that was New Year's Day 2012, we had our first baptism here in this room. We had our first baptism on New Year's Day and our last preview service. And on January 8, 2012, 10 years ago this Sunday, we launched uh, worship services for the first time. And in that season, I don't remember exactly when, but there were several things that I thought of at that time. That I went, wouldn't it be cool? Some of them I thought to ask God for, and some of them were just thoughts in my mind. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if the ministry looked like this? I, I want to share just a couple of them. One was that um, I was listening to all classical uh, music, and I was listening to it, and um, I heard a church being advertised on the radio, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had a reason at New Life Wilsonville to advertise on all classical music, on, on all classical radio? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool if we had a reason to do that? Since then, we have had regularly strings as part of our worship team. And more recently, uh, we have had... Uh, We've done a couple of sing-along messiahs in partnership with the, the Lutheran church down the street. And we regularly have uh, groups in here doing music recitals in this place. That's pretty cool. I don't think I'm actually going to advertise on all classical radio, but would we have a reason? Sure. Would it be in keeping with uh, the church? Yeah, it would fit. It would make sense. That's cool. I wonder what God will do in the next 10 years. I, I thought of a, a similar thing. I, I have been praying, Lord, would you do something? I, I'd love to see some sort of cross-cultural ministry. I'd love to see some sort of cross-cultural ministry in this church. A couple of years ago, we had the opportunity to help launch a Hispanic ministry in Woodburn. They started here. We partnered with them. We helped them get that going. I wished that they would have done it here, but that's fine. They'd, Woodburn was a better fit. And we got to be a part of that ministry. Re, just last year, New Life Church adopted Iglesia Nueva Vida in Gladstone. That's cool. What, what's next, God? What's next? I, I had been praying, Lord, would you, would you make this to be a church of life groups? And I've been seeing people growing in life groups, connected in relationship with one another. In the word together, praying for one another, loving one another, that this could be the heartbeat of the church. And as I'm looking forward for the next 10 years, I'm going, what's next? And so one of the things that I would love for you to do with me is to be thinking about, dreaming about, asking God for, what is next for New Life Church? And I want to take a 10-year view. Here's why I want to take a 10-year view. It's convenient. We've had 10 years, and so 10 years is, is a, a natural increment. But the other reason that, uh, that I like 10 years 
is because 10 years is long enough that I don't have to fig figure it out right now. And I don't want you to figure it out right now. I don't want you to have any pressure about if you have an idea about what will happen for New Life Church that you would have to lead a ministry. You don't have to do that. I don't want you to have any kind of pressure that if you come up with an idea of what you'd like to see happen through New Life Church that you would uh, have to uh, have a plan for making it happen. You don't have to do that. I don't want it to be about us at all. One of, one of the greatest um, moments in this church, in my opinion, was my sabbatical. And that's not just because I went away for a couple of months. I rested for a couple of months, but leading up to it, I very publicly and very vocally said, God, uh, I want you to do something in New Life Wilsonville while I'm gone. That it will confirm for me and for the church that this church is not about me. So do you know what happened? Some of you were here. Some of you were here when we went through that. Some of you came while I was gone. Some of you have come since then and don't remember back that far. But let me tell you what happened. I left, I think it was in June, and came back in August. Those are the summer months. Those are the, the lull of a church. The church grew and the giving went up in the summertime. For the first time in history of churches anywhere, I'm sure. <laughs> and it was confirmation for me that it wasn't about me and that I needed to ask better. What would you like to see? It could be something small. We could, we could have a foster parents' night out start up again. I'd love to see that happen we could have a want to start up again. I'd love to see that happen. It could be something brand new, something that we haven't thought of yet. What is it that you would like to see happen through New Life Church? How would you like to see God's kingdom grow through New Life Church in the next 10 years? I'd like you to think about that. And eventually, when we do get to celebrate our 10th anniversary, I hope all of you got the, the notice that we had to postpone the celebration from this afternoon. But when we get to celebrate it, we are going to be uh, coming up with a hopes and dreams board, and we're going to be writing it down. We're going to be writing down, these are our hopes and dreams. These are things that everything from, I really, really want this, to wouldn't it be cool if God did this? And then we're going to put those things up, and we're going to just pray for them. God, would you do this? And here's what I know about God. He is a generous, loving, heavenly Father who has all the resources and ability to do it. So let's ask. Father, would you help us to be bold? Would you help us to be quick to ask? rather than slow and sluggish? That we might be quick to run and find you instead of dragging our feet to have to talk to you. Lord, we know 
that you have given us Jesus as evidence of your generosity and evidence of your love for us. And so, Lord, we now ask, help us to pray. Father, this is my request this morning. For those who are here in this place, for those who are connected with us online, for those who are connected to this church through uh, life groups and uh, other ministries, Father, I, I pray that they uh, would be bold to ask. Father, even in little steps, in little asks, would you answer their requests? Lord, I know that you are always generous, but I pray that you would be exceedingly generous in this season. That as they ask with confidence, that you would uh, dump blessings on these people. That you would show yourself to be faithful over and over and over again. That their confidence might grow and grow in the asking that we might be overwhelmed with our desire to thank you and praise you for all that you do, and that we might know that we do not provide for ourselves, that we do not build the kingdom or the church or even our own families on our own, but that it is through your gifts Father, may your name be made great in this place as we ask and as you give. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.